Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller, the host of this program. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group, and I'm on a mission to change how people divorce in New York. And I'm sitting here today with Dr. Lauren Behrman, who is a clinical psychologist, a parent coordinator, a collaborative divorce professional in the role of child specialist and divorce coach, and also a mediator. Welcome, Lauren. It's great to have you. Thanks, Katherine. And I know, Lauren, that you have a tremendous amount of experience working with children who are experiencing divorce as well as other issues in their lives. But I want to focus on divorce since this is Dialogue on Divorce and with their parents going through the divorce process, both as a collaborative professional, but also just as a psychologist to help the children in that way. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that we've talked about on Dialogue on Divorce on a number of other occasions is the possibility of working with a child specialist. And I know as a collaborative lawyer that when I speak to parents about the idea of the child specialist, you know, oftentimes they're wary about the role that that person would play. And they often think that it's, you know, akin to what might be a forensic evaluation and a custody recommendation and a in a litigation, really thinking that, oh, this person is going to come in and tell me what I'm supposed to do about my kids and somehow, you know, put the kids in the middle. And I think it's exactly the opposite. So I thought we would talk today a little bit about what the role of the child specialist is, what you actually do, and the kind of feedback that you give to parents. Terrific. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think parents are very protective of their kids when they're going through a divorce. They're very, very worried that the kids are going to be exposed to other people, and they want to make sure that their children are, you know, not intruded upon or not put in a position where they're going to be uncomfortable. And I think that's actually wonderful, you know, to want to protect your children is absolutely natural, and it is the right thing to do. And somehow, I think it's somehow misguided when we're talking about the child specialist. Absolutely, because people don't really know the difference between a forensic evaluation and a child specialist. And in a forensic evaluation, the children really are the subjects of an exploration as to, you know, who is the parent who is going to keep the children out of the middle and who is the parent who may be the able to provide the safest emotional home for the children. But with a child specialist, we are not trying to investigate the family. We are simply trying to empower the children and empower the parents and to get the voice of the children into the collaboration so that the parents have a better idea of how their children are feeling and what they're concerned about. We're also really trying to get the children to be able to express themselves in a neutral place where they're not feeling that they have any loyalty conflict. So yeah. That- Because I think that lots of times parents, myself included, think that we know our children best and in some ways we do and in some ways we don't. But one thing that we cannot not be to our children is their parent. And that creates a dynamic between me and my kid or any of us and our children where they want to please me, right? And they want to be protected. And it's a very 
complicated, you know, maybe the most complicated relationship, emotional relationship there is. Of course. And when the two parents are at odds with each other, then the child wants to please both of them. Exactly. And will say to each of them sometimes exactly what they want, they think the parent wants to hear. So what do you actually do when you meet with the children? I think a lot of parents would really like to know. I mean, obviously, each session will be somewhat individual to the family and the kid. What goes down? Okay. Well, firstly, let me start with preparing the parents to prepare the children. Because the first thing that I do is get to know the parents and give them an opportunity to be comfortable with me, to develop some kind of a trust and a connection with me, to feel that, you know, this is going to be a safe place for them and for their children. So, Lauren, how do you do that? Is that on the phone? You know, do you meet with them in person together, individually? I meet with them together first. In person. In person, so that they all hear the same thing at the same time, and nobody feels that they've had an advantage by having the first meeting, et cetera. Then I meet with them each individually, give them an opportunity to speak about whatever is on their mind with regard to their children, what their concerns are that they may not have felt comfortable saying in the presence of the other parent. But when I meet with them together, we talk about how they can prepare their children for this meeting, what they can say to their children, how they can help their children understand why they're coming. We figure out the logistics because sometimes both parents want to bring the children, but they may be in conflict. So sometimes we'll have one parent drop off and the other parent pick up, or we figure it out how this is all going to look when the children do come in. And then I often have all of the children in the family come at the same time, but I assign um, different time slots to see the individual children first, and then a time to see the kids together. And when I'm meeting with the children, I'm very, very conscious of the child's developmental age and stage. And So can I just stop you for one minute? Sure. Lauren Behrman talking about child specialists and the collaborative process. When you tell the parents what to tell the children or, or have a dialogue with them about what they should say, what do you tell them to say? I tell them to introduce me as a person who is helping the both of them go through this divorce. That's part of a team that's helping them do the divorce in a way that's loving and safe and it's going to be the best for everybody. And that I'm the person on the team who knows the most about kids. And my job is to meet the children and to help the children express their feelings and hear their voices and then to help their parents understand and the team understand what would be best. So I really want to get into what you do with the kids too, but I think one pushback that parents sometimes get from their kids mm -hmm. is, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't need that. You do what you do and leave me out of it from the kid's perspective. And is there anything that they could say uh, in response to that? They can say that this is really important to us, that we want to know exactly how you feel. And we know it's not easy sometimes for you to say that in a way that's going to feel safe and not like you're caught in the middle. And we really believe that this woman can help us and can help you. And it's really important to us that you go. I very rarely, almost never have, you know, parents who cannot get their kids to come. You know, it's interesting because I think that parents who are divorcing 
and I've been divorced. I've not made that a secret here. And I, you know, feel bad about the impact of the divorce on the kids. I mean, it's universal, right? right? I felt terrible about it. I still feel terrible about it. And so I think it's hard sometimes to say that, you know, to say, you know, they really do want to leave them out of it as if somehow or other, you know, they won't be as affected as we all hope. And, you know, and I think it's hard sometimes to say that, insist on doing something the kid says they don't want to do and make them do it, even though you're making them, you know, have a divorced family. too. Mm -hmm. I think, though, if the parents explain to the children that this is not therapy, we don't think you have a problem. We're not trying to, you know, put you into any kind of a long-term situation. We just want to make sure that you get heard, that your feelings get heard, your thoughts get heard, your worries get heard, and that we don't miss anything. And this is hard for all of us. Yeah. I particularly find that the adult children and the young adult children and the late teens have a tremendous amount to say. Yeah. And they're very relieved. Okay. So this is Catherine Miller, Dialogue on Divorce, 1460 AM. We're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 530 on WVOX and WVOX.com. And on my website as a podcast, WestchesterFamilyLaw.com and also available on the iTunes store. Talking with Dr. Lauren Behrman about the role of the child specialist in the collaborative divorce process. And we've been talking up until now about the preparation of the children to see you or another child specialist. And I interrupted you because we were about to start to talk about what you actually do when you see the children. And so I'd like to open that door because I think you're about to do that and mm -hmm. talk about how you talk to the children and what kinds of feedback you get from them. Right. And again, each child, depending upon their developmental age and stage, I will speak to them in a way that is consistent with how they can see and how they can understand things. I help the children first to make sure they know who I am and why they're there, and also to reinforce for them that their parents have chosen a way to help themselves divorce that's going to protect the family and protect the children, and that I'm part of that team that's helping their mom and dad figure this out. As the team, we want to hear what the children have to say and what they think and have them not worry that they have to censor anything or that they will hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody upset by what they say. And I let them know that somehow I will make sure that when I speak with their parents, that it will come out from me instead of you know, specifically from them. And then I really just prepare them to try to help me get to know them. I ask them sometimes very common kinds of questions about what they like, about their school, about their hobbies, about what teams they're on, about their friendships, about sports, whatever you know, just kind of get into a comfortable conversation with them. Like to develop a rapport. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes with younger children, I'll have, you know, markers and paper and they'll draw. And oftentimes they'll draw pictures of their family, which are just heartbreaking to see because they will graphically represent everything that's going on. Once I feel like they are ready to you know, begin speaking more in depth, I'll start asking them, you know, when did they find out that their parents were getting divorced? And what do they know about it? And 
you know, how is it infecting them? And what are they seeing at home? And, you know, they'll begin to open up oftentimes about their parents fighting or a lot of screaming at home or, you know, sometimes there'll be terrible stories about the police came or they just might say, you know, mommy and daddy don't kiss anymore. They don't sleep in the same bed. They'll start to share what's going on. And then I will, you know, ask them what kinds of things they are worried about, what's on their minds about it. Are they sleeping? Are they having dreams? Are they having trouble concentrating in school? And, you know, together we'll, you know, start to construct a picture of what is happening for the child in this situation. Lauren Berriman, do you get pushback from them about telling you? Do they have questions about confidentiality and concerns that somehow they're telling on their parents by talking to you? I explain to them that what they say, I'm going to help get their important concerns across to their parents in a neutral way, and that it's going to come from my perspective. And I typically don't get a lot of pushback from kids, but some children are really very frozen. Sometimes I feel like a child's been coached to say something, but you know, the parent has put a lot of pressure on them. You know, tell that lady that you want to live with daddy, or tell that lady that you want to be with mommy all the time. And, you know, we'll just keep talking calmly until they feel like they've really given me a lot of what it's like really for them to be in this situation. Lauren, you said a few minutes ago that when you're dealing with older teens or emerging adults or young adult children, that they really have a lot to say. And can you give us some sense of what that a lot is, what kinds of things they say? They are often extremely attuned to what each of their parents is doing or saying or acting in ways that are different, they are sometimes very much concerned with other relationships that may be part of the divorce that they have either discovered surreptitiously or they've been part of or they've been privy to. They oftentimes have a very specific understanding of the dynamics of the parent's marriage that may be aligned with one or both of the parents or may be completely presents a different way of looking at it. Sometimes older siblings will have big concerns about younger siblings or about one or both of their parents. They often have a lot to say. You know, it's really interesting. I've been conducting an informal survey of adult children of divorce, meaning these are adults whose parents divorced when they were children. And that survey question is, if you could go back in time and tell your parents one piece of advice to make this better for you, what would you tell them? Listeners, if you're an adult children of divorce and you have an answer to that question, please feel free to email me at Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at WestchesterFamilyLaw.com. I'd love to hear your answer too. But the answer that I hear most frequently is don't fight so much, be more generous and spend more time with us alone and not with your new partner, you know, so that we want to have a relationship with you separate and apart from your new wife, your new boyfriend, whoever it is that has come in and become your new life partner, right? Absolutely. And the sad thing I often find is that parents, 
in the midst of this very emotional roller coaster experience of divorce, cannot separate themselves and their own needs from the needs of their children so that they will say, oh, they will love my new partner. It's going to be so wonderful for them to get to know her or him. Or, and they just don't understand that this is not what the children need. This is what they need. Yeah. And I think it can go the other way, too, in my observation, that they can't see their own needs separate from the other way, too, so that like they will not you know, engage in a new, like moving on Mm -hmm. life, because it feels like that that would be abandoning their children too. And that it's very hard. And you know, that's my own personal experience, too. It's very hard to sort of separate out that what's best for me, what's best for my kids, how can I really meet both of our needs, given that I only have this much time to do it. And, And I also think that, you know, you and I had a case together, which I actually thought was incredibly touching what one of the parties said about the child specialist. And this was a case where the people had been separated for a number of years. They had been living apart, you know, successfully, and by which I mean they'd been seeing their children and they had a sort of plan that they'd worked out before they ever saw a divorce professional. And so, you know, in my mind, I kind of dismissed the idea of a child specialist because I was like, well, they've already been through the separation. And oftentimes children confuse the actual physical separation with the divorce. And why would they care about the legal process? What they care about is who's living where, right? And how are they spending their time? And this woman said that she was the adult child of divorce. She'd been in her teens when her parents divorced and that she felt that if they'd given her a voice in their divorce process, that her life would have turned out very differently. And in fact, she might not be sitting in the room with Mm -hmm. her soon-to-be former spouse getting divorced if she'd had the opportunity to express her feelings and they'd invited that in. That was so powerful for me. And that speaks a lot. I tell that story to many of my clients who are like, oh, I don't know about this idea of bringing in the child specialist, because I think it sort of turns it around. It's not that we're doing this too the kids, that we have to make them participate in our divorce in a way that'll feel uncomfortable for them. But we're giving them the opportunity to say what's going on for them, what's really important for them in a way that feels much less charged. Right. We're giving them a gift, really. We're doing it for them. And generally, I've found that most of the children end up feeling tremendously relieved and it's very helpful for them and the parents feel the same. Yeah. So Lauren, I want to make sure that we get this in before the end of the show. If people have questions about the role of the child specialist or child therapy or children in divorce, and they want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Well, they could either call me at my office, which is 914-288-8428, or they can email me at Lauren Beerman, L-A-U-R-E-N-B-E-H-R-M-A-N at gmail.com. Awesome. Where do you have offices? I have offices in Manhattan and White Plains and Katona, New York. I also have a website, laurenbeermanphd.com. They could read more about the work that I do. So I also wonder when children come in, do they have questions for you? They frequently have questions for me. Sometimes the questions are about what's going to happen to them, you know, is mommy going to move out? or daddy going to move out? Where are they going to live? Are they going to go to their same school? They'll have those kinds of questions. Sometimes they'll have, you know, questions about me, my work, what do I do? They'll have those kinds of questions as well. 
And do you think there is one concern that parents have about their children going through divorce that is really common, but not necessarily something that they should worry about so much? Good question, Catherine. I have to think about it. Yeah. So obviously, I have a lot of clients who are getting divorced, and many times they have this idea of nesting, right? And, you know, for those of you who don't know, that's where the children stay in the home and the parents go back and forth. Do you have an opinion about that? And I understand that all families are different, right? Every family is a snowflake. And so that you may not be able to give a blanket answer. But is that something that is really good for kids? Not so good? It all depends on the level of conflict between the parents. If there is low conflict and the parents are really very mature, this can work typically as a temporary interim kind of arrangement. But parents really have to be in a very mature space in order to do this because it's very easy when they're sharing a home or sharing the space to do things that are going to be provocative and actually to bring the conflict more into the the realm of the children. I haven't really heard of many situations where this works long term. And by long term, you mean longer than a few months, longer than a couple of years? Longer than maybe three to six months. However, I have had families, you know, three standard deviations from the mean, where they have decided that this was going to be a solution for them until their children were college age. Me too. I think that is very hard, though, too. And, And when I have families who want to do that, one of the things that I ask them is, how are you going to handle if someone doesn't buy the groceries? What about, you know, cleaning up? What about laundry? Mm -hmm. What about, you know, there are a lot of things that could become highly conflictual, and then the separation would not insulate the children from the conflict. And I do know that children of divorce usually recover, right? Mm -hmm. And, And are equally as successful as children from intact families. I mean, that's what the statistics show, right? The statistics show, Catherine, that children from low-conflict divorced families do better than children from high-conflict families that stay intact. Well, that's very interesting. The real issue is the level of conflict post-divorce. And part of why collaborative divorce and using child specialists is so empowering to families is it impacts the level of conflict. It helps people divorce and contain that conflict. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, that the issue is conflict and not divorce per se, right? And exactly. that And that if parents can find a way to lower the conflict between them and it not involve their children in the conflict that they do mm-hmm. have, that that is the recipe for successful children, not sort of white knuckling it or, right. you know, staying together in one home and fighting all the time. Exactly. So many studies have shown that the most important factor that affects post-divorce adjustment in children and families is conflict. Yeah. You know, I remember running into a psychiatrist who does a lot of forensic evaluations and contested custody cases and saying to him, what's the one thing you would say to parents going through a divorce? And he said not to argue that it's better to do the wrong thing for your kid than to argue about what the right thing is. And I thought that was really interesting and probably true. I mean, obviously, you don't want to expose them to dangerous situations, but you know, to not argue whether or not this school or that school, so much so that it creates a big conflict, better to send them to the wrong school 
than to fight about it over an extended period of time. Absolutely. Anything that parents can do to lower the level of conflict is really protective of their children. And is there any other piece of advice that you would have for parents before we end that could be something to think about as they contemplate or experience divorce? I think that parents should recognize that they are going to be parents forever of their children. They are going to be grandparents together. That finding the way to divorce and using the process that's going to allow them to divorce and keep their parental relationship intact is going to be the biggest gift they can give to their children. So finding some way to nurture the parental relationship while separating from the more intimate relationship is what you're suggesting parents do. Exactly. And do you think, well, obviously you think that getting some professional help with that would be a good idea? Anything that they can do that will help them protect and contain the conflict and protect their children will definitely be the best thing they can do. Well, thank you, Dr. Lauren Behrman. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Catherine. I really appreciate it.